0: Hi, and welcome back to this Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This is going to be for section 22, and before I get into that, I want to read a couple things first. Let's read the heading to the section. Revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet at Manchester, New York, April 16, 1830, so 10 days after the church is organized. This revelation was given to the church in consequence of some who had previously been baptized, desiring to unite with the church without rebaptism. President Joseph Fielding Smith wrote, Immediately after the church was organized, converts were made. Some of these had belonged to churches which believed in baptism by immersion. In fact, many of the early converts of the church had previously accepted this mode, believing that it was right. The question of divine authority, however, was not firmly fixed in their minds. When they desired to come into the church... Having received the testimony that Joseph Smith had told a true story, they wondered why it was necessary for them to be baptized again when they had complied with an ordinance of baptism by immersion. In response to the situation, Joseph Smith inquired of the Lord and received section 22. So let's get started. Verse 1, Behold, I say unto you that all old covenants have I caused to be done away in this thing, and this is a new and an everlasting covenant. Who was the first person ever to enter into the New and Everlasting Covenant? Adam and Eve. It is the fullness of the gospel, even that which was from the beginning. The term New and Everlasting Covenant is used frequently throughout the Doctrine and Covenants. President Joseph Fielding Smith gave the following definition of it. The New and Everlasting Covenant is the fullness of the gospel. It is composed of all covenants, contracts, bonds, obligations, and obligations oaths, vows, performances, connections, associations, or expectations that are sealed upon members of the church by the Holy Spirit of promise or the Holy Ghost by the authority of the president of the church who holds the keys. The president of the church holds the keys of the Melchizedek priesthood. He delegates authority to others and authorizes them to perform the sacred ordinances of the priesthood. Marriage for eternity is a new and everlasting covenant. Baptism is also a new and everlasting covenant. And likewise, ordination to the priesthood and every other covenant is everlasting and a part of the new and everlasting covenant which embraces all things. Oftentimes we think of marriage as being the New and Everlasting Covenant, and it's just a New and Everlasting Covenant. Verse 2, Wherefore, although a man should be baptized in a hundred times, it availeth him nothing, for you cannot enter in at the straight or narrow gate by the law of Moses. Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery and a number of others were baptized by the authority restored by John the Baptist prior to the organization of the church. With the organization of the church, the question arises, did they need rebaptism? In response, the Lord said, you cannot enter in at the straight gate by the law of Moses. That is to say, as the law of Moses was legal and binding until the time of fullness came with Christ, so the baptisms performed by the authority restored by John the Baptist were legal and binding until the organization of the church on the 6th of April, 1830. Those baptized prior to this time were baptized for the remission of sins, but not for admission into a then non-existent church. Uh, Continuing verse 2, neither by your dead works. This refers to those baptisms that were performed by those not having priesthood authority. Such baptisms, even if performed a hundred times, are dead. That is, they have no life in them, because they were performed without authority. Verse 3, for it is because of your dead works... Because there are no legal administrators that I have caused this last covenant and this church to be built up unto me, even as in days of old, wherefore enter ye in at the gate as I have commanded, and seek not to counsel your God Amen. Those who think that their pre- their previous baptism done without authority is valid need to be humbled to, to the will of God and be rebaptized this time with proper authority. I bear testimony that these things are true that we have the proper priesthood authority. Uh, that will um, that's that makes these baptisms by immersion valid, whereas those outside of the church who do not have proper priesthood authority, bapti- that their baptisms don't have the authority of heaven that's going to cause them to be of benefit in the next life. I bear testimony that these things are true, and say this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. See you next time, bye.